What's up guys, Jet and Alex here again, and today we have a very special guest joining us from London. I'm pretty sure I said this twice, but her name is Hannah Getman, and she's currently a junior at the University of Michigan's Ross School of Business. She has two inter internships under her belt and is headed to New York City this summer for her third, and that third internship will actually be her second one with PwC. Um, other interesting stuff about Hannah, she finished high school in Abu Dhabi, is currently studying abroad in London, and uh, Hannah is just extremely bright, highly driven, and has a ton of stuff for you to share today. So I'm really excited that she's here. And uh, Alex, if people had to pay attention to one thing, what was your, what was your favorite thing about our conversation with Hannah? I think it was her ability to take initiative. Um between her schooling and also with her uh, extracurricular activities and her ability to, um, with others, see a need and then act on it and make it a reality. And I think this is a really cool episode um, and people are really gonna like what uh, Hannah had to share. Um, I know I was very impressed with it, so. Yeah, I think, I think I'm on the same page as you. Hannah was great. Welcome to Project Rookie. I'm Jet. And I'm Alex. Whether you're in high school, college, or taking the first steps in a new career, we are here to uncover the promising tactics, genuine struggles, and inspiring victories that are supercharging the next generation of achievers. Thanks, Thanks for, for tuning, tuning in. in. All right, guys, welcome back. We have a very special guest actually coming in from London. Um, her name is Hannah Getman. And uh, she has, I could spend a lot of time introducing her, but we'll just uh, dive into all the cool stuff that Hannah has done and probably cool advice that Hannah has to offer for um, kind of the younger crowd. So I think we'll just quickly start off like if there was a few characteristics about yourself you want to describe like how would you introduce yourself Hannah okay yeah that's a good question so yeah as Jet mentioned I'm Hannah a few characteristics probably would be that um, I like to learn a lot about everything and about different topics um, very curious always wanting to learn more um, I feel like I am kind of introverted though so it's been like kind of a struggle for me just overcoming that at the beginning of my college career which I can talk about later um but just always looking to make new connections with people too so thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it yeah thank you for being on yeah we're super um, excited to have you yeah I think that probably one of the coolest or most interesting things in my perspective about you is that your family picked up and headed to Abu Dhabi in the middle of your high school career. So uh, would you mind sharing kind of a little bit about what that was like? What was going through your mind? Like, oh my gosh, we are going to the other <laughs> side of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was in 2020. My dad accepted a new job. He works in healthcare. Um, so he started his work in Abu Dhabi in February. And then my mom and my two younger sisters joined him in August of 2020. And so it was kind of in the middle of the pandemic. Um, definitely a little scary just making that big move across the world. Um, but it was a great experience. I have 
so many great things to say about it. Um, the UAE is, if you don't know, it's by Saudi Arabia, um, Yemen, Oman, in that area. Um, so there's a, about 2 million people in Abu Dhabi. It's an hour away from Dubai. And so the country was formed about 52 years ago. So everyone, for the most part, is from different countries. There's only about 10% of the country that is from the UAE. And so everyone's so international. Um, I went to an American high school. So still the same curriculum, taking AP classes, other things like that. We sell sports and um, it was still a very American experience. It's very Western over there too. Um, but meeting people from all across the world that have different home countries was amazing. A lot of my friends in high school were from different countries in the Middle East as well. So just hearing about their perspectives was great. A few of my friends from the US, um, they had family in the military or family that worked for the government at different um, jobs. So they moved around a lot. They lived in a lot of different countries. It was so cool to hear about how, how they went to school in Ecuador, how they went to school in um, different countries in Europe too. So that was great, but I was only there for my senior year. Definitely wish I had more time there. Um, yeah, nothing bad to say at all. Um, and it's been great to visit again, um, like during my breaks for school, um, beautiful place and so much to do. So it was an amazing experience. Yeah, that's, um, that's great. And it's really, it's interesting that you have that experience and you spent so much time, uh, in the traditional Western, uh, system, school system. And then you transitioned over to a completely new country and, you then got to kind of experience what almost the Western school system is perceived like over there and then kind of go through it on your day-to-day -day basis. And it, I don't personally have any experience being outside of the country. So you, uh, you already have a chip up there on my, uh, against me, but um, it's super neat to always hear about. And I hope, you know, we're going to probably dive deep in a little deeper more into what you kind of did there. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say a little bit about that. Yeah, that, that sounds like your mind must have been open to so many different things in like the short amount of time you were there for your senior year of high school. So I bet that kind of, do you think that almost forced you out of your introverted shell, like all the new stuff to learn and kind of that new environment just brought you out? Yes, definitely. Like there was no choice. I had to like make all new friends, meet new teachers join new clubs and get to know my classmates and everything like that. So it definitely was a great stepping stone um, for the next year when I started school at University of Michigan. So yeah, that was that was an amazing thing, though. I feel like I was very comfortable in my environment before. Um, but there are only a few opportunities in your life really where you can have a fresh new start. So I'm totally. very grateful for that. Totally. Before, um, sorry, you you just mentioned we're gonna we're gonna probably uh dig into the University of Michigan, but um, do you think that having some prior experience uh, living in another country has kind of helped your time being uh, in London right now as well? Kind of the transition to? And Definitely. Um, London's very similar to the US. And so um, it's not a huge difference that I found, but definitely, again, like having a new chance to meet a lot of people from all over um, London and then all over the U.S., like other exchange students has been great. Um, 
very similar to the environment like for Abu Dhabi where you meet people from everywhere and yeah and just getting to know um, your city too and just taking those steps into exploring and yeah everything like I love that. that. I love that you mentioned that, Alex, because a lot of students that are considering studying abroad are probably a little bit nervous at first, but you had just done that in in uh, high school. So it probably wasn't as big of a, you know, oh, should I do this? Am I going to be okay? There probably wasn't as many of those thoughts um, beforehand. But yeah, if you had to kind of pinpoint one or two things that you think from your experience, you wish that everyone else could experience if they had, I mean, not everyone can go to Abu Dhabi uh, <laughs> during high school, but is there some like really cool things or one or two things you think that you wish everyone could experience that you got to experience? Um, yeah, I would say that, well, like just in general, having any experience that you can find to like open your horizons, meet new people is great. Like it doesn't have to be obviously like going to a new country, but even joining a new club or just following some interests that you're not really pursuing currently, but just stepping into a different area that you like makes you uncomfortable is always important, like regardless of the scale. Um, but in terms, in terms of Abu Dhabi, I think just um, things that I really appreciated about um, Abu Dhabi, the different types of food, um, like, <laughs> doing different activities with boating or um there's like a big f1 um arena mm -hmm. and everything uh, in Abu Dhabi. Like, yeah yeah so that was that was so fun definitely recommend if you ever find yourself in this job but yeah how yeah, long is the flight okay yeah so i took a direct flight from chicago which is 14 hours so you fly oh, to chicago wow. yeah or you could do two flights um like one to somewhere in europe like amsterdam or paris which is eight hours and then another eight hour flight to dubai wow, okay yeah so. that is a journey yeah definitely yes yeah so and the time zone is different too so it's it's eight or nine hours ahead of eastern time depending on if we're doing daylight savings or not so oh, okay yeah has it been hard like was it is it hard to keep track of all the different time zones? Your family's hot. What's the difference between where you are now and your your family and your friends at home? Then it, it spans almost what like a twelve hour difference between the the two. Yeah, yeah. So right now in London, I'm five hours ahead of my friends at Michigan and six hours ahead of my mom and my sister. Um, but I'm I'm kind of used to that at this point because for the last two years, my family and I have always had to coordinate when we communicate just because when you like when you sleep like there's eight hours and then like if, I, if they're eight hours ahead um like they'll be asleep and then i'll be asleep so we only yeah. had about eight hours to communicate which was it definitely got getting used mm -hmm. to um yeah but i uh, I'm just i bring used that up this <laughs> yeah i only i bring that up just because i wonder do you think that managing and understanding the differences in time and that time zones kind of helps you plan out your your work and kind of get things done because you had a little bit of experience of like you were just saying oh there's i'll be asleep here they'll be awake then kind of that logical thinking do you think that's kind of helped you and in, in your work 
Yeah, I think definitely. Um, in terms of like that translating for professionalism, um, definitely including like the time zone in emails, like when I'm setting up calls with people, like that's super mm -hmm. helpful. Um, this is just like an extra step later on, like to clarify. So if you just put the time zone in, it makes it very easy. But mm -hmm. um, I found that to be helpful when I was communicating with people for um, like the West Coast finance check that I did through my school. Um, but I'm really lucky that like the New York time zone is the same as Michigan. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about Michigan, uh, University of Michigan. I'm used to saying Michigan State because that's where my brother is right now. But <laughs> University of Michigan, I know there's there's tension between the schools and sports. Yes. But mm -hmm. so you're from Minnesota, same place I grew up and uh, go to Abu Dhabi and then end up at University of Michigan. How does that look like? Did you have University of Michigan like on your in your vision before you moved? Um, did you even start looking for colleges before senior year? How did that how did you kind of end up at University of Michigan? Yeah, so I was definitely looking at colleges around my sophomore, junior year of high school, just like getting a picture of where I wanted to go and kind of what I wanted to do. Um, but University of Michigan was never on my radar. My mom actually made me apply. So <laughs> interesting. So yeah, she she wanted to go there when she was applying to schools, but she ended up um, at Ball State University in Indiana, mm. um, just because of like her nursing programs um but she was always a fan of the michigan schools and her family's her family um they're michigan fans too so they were pretty happy that i ended up there um but no it was just the perfect um mix of sports and different activities and academics and there's really nothing that um i can say that's bad about michigan i love it it's the perfect mix of everything i'm definitely biased though so. <laughs> that's super cool um would you say that you did anything specific um in terms of like maybe it's application prep or looking at certain schools um or i don't know just experiences pre-college that you thought were maybe helping you get into michigan state once you thought you wanted to go there yeah so um i was definitely looking at different resources for writing college essays. Um, Michigan has two essays, so the Common App essay and then a, like a Why Michigan essay. So um, if there are only two opportunities for you to showcase um, like who you are and just what you've done in high school, the essays are really important. Um, that goes for a lot of other universities too. Like I know that some schools that I applied to had three or four essays that you had to write. So if you, if you get those prompts before um, you apply in the fall and you start working on them in the summer. It's a lot less work that you have to do um, in the fall and before applications are due in October, November, December, and January. Um, in terms of other things, just really knowing why you want to go to the school. So like doing research, attending information sessions. It's so great that um, everything is virtual now. So you don't have to go and travel to schools to learn more about them like everything is online so there's really no excuse for like um 
not being able to know about why you want to go to the school um it's just like it takes a lot of time and effort obviously but um just learning more about the specifics of a school really shows in your application they appreciate it i'm trying to think of anything else definitely like different youtube videos too there's youtube video for everything now mm -hmm. so if you just search like how to write a college essay or college essay tips or anything like that um it's really helpful and having people edit your essays too like doing multiple drafts then really getting them down um yeah there's so many there's so many applicants nowadays for every single school mm -hmm. so you just want to make sure you really stand out and have a really strong application i think that's so cool that you brought up youtube because i became a I don't know, major YouTube. I, I just became like super interested in YouTube for like very specific tasks. Like I, when I was, I learned how to write a resume in college. And then I watched on YouTube how to write a resume from like McKinsey and Bain consultants. And I was like, this is a totally different way of writing a resume. But, and, and the more kind of exposure, even if you land on a video that's like, ah, this is not what I was looking for. Like, you can kind of see all these different perspectives and then bring them together in your own like perfect resume or application essay. So I think that's yeah. a cool point. It's super valuable because YouTube university is huge. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say the um, next thing I was going to ask you about was you, after your freshman year, uh, you had an internship. Uh, it was market research, I believe. Um, if I'm remembering it correctly, um, yeah. did, how, how could you kind of describe that experience of being a newly, uh, fresh into college? You're just kind of transitioning upwards of really understanding what's going around or going on around the place. And then you go and throw yourself in the deep end and get a, an internship. Can you kind of explain what that was like and, and where your thoughts were and, and what was going on? Yeah, so my internship was with Protivity Consulting in Abu Dhabi. Um, so I knew I was going to be in Abu Dhabi after my semester ended in the spring. Um, and more than anything, I just wanted to gain more experience with business. Um, it never hurts to gain experience whenever you can and meet new people, network with people, um, develop skills in that way. And also, I just thought it would be kind of fun to, you know, <laughs> get to do that um of course. so i yeah so i started thinking about that in probably january of my freshman year um and then interviewed with them in february and i think more than anything it was just like a it was just a good opportunity to figure out what i liked and what i didn't like my internship was great like i ended up loving it but mm -hmm. if even if i didn't end up loving it, it would have been a really good way to figure out what i wanted to do and i just wanted to get experience because investment banking um internships for the summer after your junior year open up during your sophomore year like during that fall so the recruitment timeline is so early and i wanted to make sure that i like did or did not want to go and follow that path. Mm -hmm. um, everything is getting pushed up more and more um, as the years go on too. So it's like you have to kind of really know what you want to do. Otherwise, the window closes. And that kind of scared me because I didn't want to miss any opportunities. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, just doing the market research at the consulting firm um, early on was great, and it, it made me realize that that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the office is um, pretty small. I, I worked with um, probably five people in the Abu Dhabi office. It was bigger than that, but then I also got to work with people in the Dubai office oh. and um, in other GCC offices. Um, and that was amazing. Um, definitely a lot of teams calls and um, it was actually funny because one of my managers thought I was a grad student for the longest time. <laughs> and then I didn't know how to do this one research on like a, a project that they had. And mm -hmm. he's like, Oh, I don't, I don't really understand why you don't know how to do this. Like I thought you're a grad student. Like you should know <laughs> how to do this at this level. And I had to tell him, well, actually I'm, I'm 19 and I'm, I'll be a second year student in the fall. Like I'm just finishing my first year of, of college and it's like, oh, okay. So I actually thought you're a grad student all this time. That was funny, but yeah, it was an amazing opportunity. I got to be on so many different projects, um, learn a lot about the business that um, is done in the UAE and mm -hmm. that was great. Yeah. Amazing. Super still, cool stuff. Yeah, I still keep in contact with a lot of people there too. So, um, oh. yeah, a great networking opportunity also. That's It's funny you brought that up because that was the next thing I was going to ask was for those who maybe are thinking of doing something like that, getting an internship fresh out of their freshman year, um, how did you did you have any other instances where maybe there was almost a skill gap or people expected things uh, other than that instance and how you maybe overcame that or dealt with it yeah definitely um i think since i was just out of my first year of university people didn't really expect that much from me and they were very open and willing to teach me anything i needed so i had to do a few excel things and few PowerPoint things. PowerPoint things were definitely a lot easier than like sell things right away, but they gave me all the formulas that I needed and just um, assured me that I could ask them for help at any time. Um, and that was great, just knowing that I was supported as an intern. And um, I was never really scared to reach out and get help just because I knew that they just wanted me to succeed and learn as much as I could. Um, but I definitely think at first it was a little bit difficult trying to ask for feedback just because I didn't want them to think that I wasn't capable of doing anything. Mm -hmm. um, even though I definitely felt like um, at some points I was kind of in over my head and had to figure it out. But I think after just being really honest with them and just going to them and saying that I want to do the best I can, I just want any guidance um, that they definitely appreciated that, that I was willing to learn and, admit that I didn't know what I was doing at some point. So just being honest with your managers and everything goes a long way. Yeah. And I was going to say, you learn oh, yeah. a lot too. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. I think that's a great point because I totally feel, um, I wanted to feel like I could do it. I knew how to do it. And especially my, some of my first roles, but you learn over time that, and it'd be better if you just did this right away, but like, <laughs> most managers or higher ups would prefer you to ask for help and be like, Hey, I don't understand this. I understand, you know, these parts, this part's just stopping me. 
and then spend that time teaching you quickly or directing you and where to find the answer instead of two days later, you being like, yeah, I didn't know how to do that. And, th and it's already like too late. And then now maybe whatever project is delayed. So getting ahead of when you don't know something and not being afraid to like people in general are helpful. They want to help you. You're an intern. You're there to learn. They know you're there to learn. And it's generally just better practice to be thoughtful about admitting when you don't know what's going on or or asking for help on on specific topics you're struggling on because people are generally willing like it's usually met with a positive response i feel like very rarely is it a negative thing for you to ask for help um on a complex topic yeah definitely okay um one more thing about an internship right after freshman year did you feel like when you were searching for internships, there was maybe these restraints on like we hire after sophomore year and we hire and maybe it's different in investment banking since things keep getting pushed back earlier. You need to have an internship right out of freshman year. But was there anything that you kind of had to overcome in terms of like, oh, we only hire after your sophomore year? or um, looking for that specific, like a little bit older than you, but you still wanted that role? Yeah, yeah. So when I was searching for internships after my um, freshman year, I didn't really find a whole lot of applications, um, probably just because it's not that common. It's more common to have an internship after your junior year instead. <laughs> um, but what I did was that I just found the company and I just emailed them. And I just asked if I could give them any pro bono support. Like I wasn't paid for my internship, but I feel like I was definitely paid in the experience that I got um, and in different forms like that. Just like everything that I learned through Excel, PowerPoint, getting to meet people, working on projects. Um, and it was only a month too. So it wasn't like it was my entire summer, which helped too. Um, but yeah, sometimes internships are not there and you have to kind of create the internship for yourself, which takes a lot of networking and assuring people that, you know, you are fit to do the job and everything like that. Um, but yeah, if you just email the smaller firms or stuff like that, I feel like that could be a, a good way to find an opportunity. And even if not, I think any opportunity with a job or anything else still provides you good skills. Like the rest of the summer, I was a hostess at a restaurant. And I feel like I learned even more about how to communicate with people and how to work with others and everything like that. So any experience that you have um, in the summer, like during your breaks is great and it still adds to your career and you still develop skills that way. So everything is, everything is um, amazing and worthwhile. Yeah. That's great. Um, do you, uh, going from there, do you maybe want to talk about um, your time at, um, as the president of Michigan Impact and maybe say what that is and kind of how that work in maybe inspired you to going forward? I also think that it's cool, like, we're going to see as we as we dive more into the things you've mm -hmm. done like you are just an opportunity chaser. So if the opportunity is not there, you're going to create it for yourself. Or if the opportunity is there, you take it. And I think that that's like a huge lesson in and of itself. If you don't 
chase and take opportunities or always pay attention to what's happening around you, then there's not going to be any opportunities. You can't create luck that way or create, you know, what's next without taking advantage of kind of all the things you see happening right now. So yeah, Michigan Impact um, would love to know how your experience is going or why you chose maybe that club and uh, what your role as president looks like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, club recruitment for the business school at Michigan is so cutthroat. So yeah, so during your freshman year, you have to attend so many different meetings, recruitment events, everything like that. They've changed the process to be a little less stressful, but um, I was so unaware of that my freshman year until I got there. And so I'm going to all these. I was actually doing a coffee chat with someone in a different impact investing club. And this impact investing club is very competitive and they only let about um, like 10 10 freshmen in each semester so the person i was coffee chatting with said you know if you want to do something a little less intense and don't want this to be your entire semester i really recommend that you join this club i'm actually the president of it this semester and it would be great so um yeah i joined his club still michigan impact um and it definitely opened my eyes to the role that businesses can have in um, supporting climate change initiatives. And so um, Impact, Michigan Impact is an impact investing club with education uh, around general finance. And then also like the main, the main event of the club is an impact investing symposium where different professionals in the finance space that work with impact initiatives come and speak. Um, and it's a whole event um, throughout the weekend. And so it's really interesting to hear their perspectives with their work, um, network with them, hear about new opportunities within the field um, and just how it's progressing. And so through that club, it made me realize that I wanted to pursue a BBA. And so that's when I applied to the Ross School of Business. Um, I transferred into the school. Um, I was originally like an undecided major in my freshman year. And so I applied um, and then started my BBA my sophomore year. Um, but yeah, without that club, I don't really know what I would be doing right now. It definitely changed the trajectory. Yeah, because otherwise, I don't really, yeah, it, it just made me realize that that's what I wanted to do and really grateful for that. And then um, the past two semesters, my sophomore winter and um, junior fall, I was the president of Michigan Pack, so it was like a full circle moment. It was great. Um, I have speaker outreach before, so I got to plan the symposium. Um, but yeah, an amazing opportunity for sure, and definitely so grateful for that. Yeah, that it sounds like it. It really turned into a, a great uh, experience overall, especially with it being such a defining moment in where you want to go and the career path that you're choosing going forward, and kind of solidifying your own interests. Um, how, what was it like, how large of an organization is that? Sorry. I, I don't know if, if you said that, uh, what was it oh, like yeah. managing that if, and, and the size of it? Yeah. So they're around, um, there's around 35 members. Um, yeah. 
so just managing like planning the meetings um the content for each meeting the symposium yeah just communicating with people too there's different events that the business school puts on so just communicating those events and also our recruitment season is um very stressful too trying to recruit members holding <laughs> events for that but other than it's, that yeah it's so funny it sounds like um <laughs> greek life at small schools like with yeah. how recruiting works but this is a yeah. business club business center club at a large school um but i think that what that really shows right there is just the point i was making before with like taking opportunities you probably had not the slightest clue that that opportunity was going to change the course of like what you wanted to do probably the next five maybe 10 years, like even out of school, you, you, you have this idea of what you want to do now. And without that opportunity, without, you know, kind of going for that or looking even for those types of opportunities, you, you don't even know where, where you would be heading right now. So I think that's just super cool that it's proven time and time again, that taking those types of opportunities can really help you discover what you're truly interested in, what makes you happy and excited. And, uh, and then you can go chase that. <laughs> mm-hmm. For those who maybe don't know, could you just give a little bit more on what exactly is impact investing? Yeah, so impact investing is investing with the purpose into changing um, like ESG metrics. So the ESG metrics are environmental, um, social, and governance. So anything with the environment, um, social is with diversity and governance is just how you manage the company. So making sure you're ethical, um, that you're putting funds towards these initiatives and just progressing your business in that way, not just solely focusing on the profits that your business is making. So would you be, is is impact investing like an internal practice that a business does or would it be like an investment firm investing in businesses that have high scores in ESG. Yeah, it would be more external, like where your company is putting their funds and making mm-hmm. sure that you're not investing in like fossil fuels or mm-hmm. coal or yeah, tobacco, things like that. That's very interesting. Is there one business or two businesses that you've kind of learned about that maybe you didn't realize how much they were putting into the environment or how like uh impactful they were being like really maybe like gold standard esg firms did you learn of any new ones and like what are they what are they maybe doing that that kind of sparks your interest yeah yeah so there's this metric that my club uses it's called msci um it's like a data analytics firm and they do esg scoring on different businesses so they rate businesses from a triple a to a triple b um, and it's really cool to see how businesses rank on that scale because sometimes you hear things about um, the metrics or the stats that they're putting out and different initiatives that they're aiming to do. But then in reality, it's like they're not they're not backing that up and not doing anything to support that. So just looking at those metrics has been very cool, um, trying to look at greenwashing too and make sure that companies are um, you know really doing what they're saying that they are and mm. they're not they're not specific companies that um, 
that I can think of really at the moment, but I feel like looking at clean energy companies has been amazing to see too and just mm-hmm. what initiatives that they're doing. So any like solar energy, wind, um, hydrogen, everything like that. And did you have kind of any prior interest at all towards these climate initiatives and more so um, like the ESG and social governance and everything along those lines? Yeah, like in high school and middle school and whatever, like I've always been interested in um, like green initiatives and being sustainable. I feel like if we're not sustainable, it's going to have adverse effects in the future. So um, might as well focus on it now and make sure that we're protecting future generations and focusing on things that matter versus just making um, profits on a business. Um, Just doing something more impactful is going to benefit us in the long term. Um, But it's definitely become more politicized, um, like as time has gone on. So just Mm -hmm. trying to make sure it's more bipartisan also is something that I would be looking forward to doing in the future. Um, I know at PwC, they do ESG consulting. So I'd definitely be interested in pivoting into that um, in future years. They don't offer any internships in that currently, but I feel like getting a general consulting background and then trying to pivot into that later would be an amazing opportunity and um, just focusing on those initiatives and making more diverse boards, um, putting funds to support different climate initiatives and everything like that would be great. That's super cool. Yeah, I think that I think that the overall idea of that, okay, businesses um, need to operate as not this uh, imaginary thing that doesn't have any effect on like the world to like, hey, uh, you should be responsible for helping the climate and responsible for these other things because you do impact those areas. You're not just like this imaginary entity that is profitable. So I think that I think that the whole concept of understanding impact of corporations is really cool and it's cool that you're pursuing that. But you mentioned PwC. So you're heading back to your second internship at PwC, which would be your third overall internship. And you are a junior right now, right? That is a lot of internships. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it is. I'm excited to head back though. It'll be great. Um, I was in Chicago um, last summer with them and I did their start internship. So it's one of their diversity programs. It was an amazing experience. Uh, I worked on, on a team of interns who were a pro bono client. So oh, just wow. getting to meet with my managers and meet with other people at the firm, um, creating a solution for our pro bono client. Um, it was it was an amazing opportunity. And then this summer I'll be doing merger and acquisition strategy consulting for strategy and for PwC in New York and I'm excited to do more um, finance related topics um, and work with that. So working on those deals and definitely doing a lot of market research too. So bring me back to my freshman year internship and I'm excited for that. Um, Also excited to live in New York. It'll be such a cool opportunity and yeah, definitely looking forward to it. What's up everyone, Jet and Alex here. We started Project Rookie because we know that navigating high school, preparing for college, or choosing a career path is no easy task. 
That's why we're uncovering the secrets and strategies that highly driven students use to set themselves up for success. Our goal is to build the Project Rookie community into a resource hub for young and hungry achievers just like you. And by the way, we're always looking for new guests. It doesn't matter where you are in your journey, your story is valuable, especially to those a few steps behind you. If you're interested in coming on the show, connect with us on social media and we'll make it happen. Make sure to follow our podcast on your favorite listening platform or and join our growing community on Instagram or X at Project X Rookie. Thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoy the show. And it's really, it's neat when you were interviewing, having so many um, internships, clubs and such like that, do you think that, or can you remember maybe one of the things that drew the most attention when, or while uh, you were talking to the interviewer? Yeah, I think it would definitely be my um, role as president for Michigan Impact and planning the symposiums and everything. Um, the symposium is very unique to my school. There's not a lot of clubs that mm-hmm. do a symposium every semester. And so um, just definitely talking about that and the coordination that it took, um, managing and planning um, was definitely skills that I talked about during my interview. I have an interesting question that <laughs> maybe you have an answer to, maybe you don't. But so... In terms of like when you have all these experiences, right? I think that one thing that is tough as we're younger is being able to pull and extract skills out of the experiences we have. Like, what did I actually do there that will translate into what I'm applying for, interviewing for right now? Because in know, in our last episode, we talked about it's nice to have a lot to talk about. You want to be able to have all these kind of things or opportunities or uh, situations that you've been in that can be applied to different situations that the interview is asking about. But being able to say like, to take a interviewer's question where they say, when have you experienced adversity? Um, Or that's kind of a simple example, but like being able to figure out where you really have a good story on that. Can you talk about maybe your strategy for like extracting skills from experiences you've had? Yeah, I feel like I definitely look over my resume before all of my interviews because I feel like it definitely lays it out in a good format. Um, My school uses the STAR format. So if I'm remembering it correctly, it's situation, time, action, and result. I'm pretty sure. So it's just a good way to break it down into Hmm. the overall situation of the club. So what, like a general idea, um, the time, like the time frame of your activity, um, the actions, like specific skills and everything like that. So using a lot of action verbs planned, um, Mm, what else created i don't know stuff like that and it's then, hard to think of on the fly it is hard to think <laughs> of yeah. it's okay and then results like quantifying it so how many members did you add to the club how many speakers do you have at your symposium how much money did you add to your fund for your club um anything like that so like the attendance of a gala that your club hosts mm-hmm. or anything like that um that that helps you t- um, think about how to talk about it in your interviews. Um, 
But I think the hardest part for that is just trying to plan it all out for your resume then. Yeah. Um, but also having a story, I feel like that goes a long way too. If you can really have a, one specific example, like they know from your resume, like the general idea of the activity, but you can have one instance where you can show really what you did and like what type of person you are through that experience. That's super important too. I think that's huge is yeah. maybe attaching a story to each of your resume points. So, you know, they read these points, they might ask about certain experiences, but then having like a top of mind story or thing that you thought was really impactful about that resume bullet um, to expand on for them is, is definitely huge. I think that those, that goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah, it seems almost like a, a moment you can take to set yourself apart from the other applicants, depending on the story that you tell, because you're making a little bit more of a personal experience rather than, oh, this is the 50th applicant I've interviewed for the job. Like, let's just get it over with. Yeah, yeah. Also, I think that on your resume, if you have an additional section, just like at the bottom, a few lines, like that goes a long way too. I know at my school, um, we're required to have it. So it's an additional section and it's just like fun facts about yourself. So um, it just makes it more personal too. Like your recruiter reads so many um, resumes a day. And if you can have one thing that really connects with your interviewer, that's amazing. So it was actually funny because during one of my interviews for PwC, um, my interviewer saw that I lived in Abu Dhabi and it was actually so funny because she lived in Abu Dhabi for a long time too wow. so then we had a huge conversation about that and it was just such a special moment to re really connect with your interviewer not over their job or my school or the job that I'm applying for but just as people too because at the end of the day like we're all just people and we all just want to feel like we can connect to other people so mm -hmm. the additional section is something I really recommend also it just it makes it more fun too. And yeah, they know totally. that you're not, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard of that additional section before, or at least I love it. me to do it, but I think I might have to put that onto mine going forward. Yeah. I'm adding it, uh, yeah. as soon as this calls over, <laughs> because I'm totally in love with that idea of like just a personal quick little, maybe one or two fun facts. I mean, yeah, it, it's just great. It's great. Yeah. I think, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so you're not only part of Michigan Impact, but also is it a Society of Women in Finance uh, at University of Michigan? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. So that's actually a new club that I joined this year. So the story with that club is that my school has the AUK initiative, which is a women in finance initiative that mm -hmm. um, it takes women out to New York Chicago and California. So we go to LA and San Francisco. Um, there are three different treks. Um, and that's just an opportunity for um, Ross students um, to connect with recruiters and tour offices and everything like that. So I did the trek during my fall break sophomore year. We went to New York and we went to a few different firms um, like investment banks and we met with people there. Um, and it was so cool to see the University of Michigan alumni um, at these events and they tell you about their job and you get to 
talk with them and have a leg up kind of on the recruitment process because it starts in the winter. Um, so if you can talk to these professionals earlier than other people, it really helps you connect with them and they remember you and you do a lot better in the recruitment process too because you're able to form those connections before other people start making those connections. Um, and then I also did the spring trek for my spring break last year and we went to LA first and then we went to San Francisco um, and we met with, it wasn't all banks, we met with Nike too. Um, so that was a, those are cool opportunities, like some corporate finance, some investment banks. Um, but then from that track, we were in an Uber back to our hotel and we had the program coordinator in our car and a few girls in my car. And I, um, we just kind of brought this idea up to our program director. We we're just saying how we really appreciate the tracks and they're amazing. Like a donor from Michigan supports it all. So it's an amazing mm -hmm. opportunity. We're so grateful for it. But we wanted to expand on it and make it more of a club feeling because all of us get so connected during the treks. Like you travel with everyone, you stay with everyone in the hotel, you are at these banks with everyone, um, and you just make so many friends that way. But we wanted to form a community that lasts a little bit longer than just a few oh. days. So we decided to form Society of Women in Finance, which is um, it was the first all women finance club at Ross. So. That was amazing too. And just learning to um, continue to network with these firms and have a community of women that can support each other because in finance, there's only so few of us there. We have to stick together when we can. And of course, um, yeah, it was, it was great. So we started that this um, semester, this past fall, and it was very successful and helping everyone feel a little bit more comfortable with the recruitment process that's now starting. Um, this month and yeah just providing them resources on resumes and how to network and applications and just trying to be a resource for younger generations at the business school that's same here, same here. <laughs> that's more on the show <laughs> i'll i'll correct myself i should say like co-founder of society of women in finance at university of michigan not just a member um but I didn't do the majority of the work. I'm gonna give my two the two co-founding presidents the majority of the work. But yeah, thank you. We'll have to we'll have to get one of them on sometime too. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you talk about like making these connections on those treks, and I'm just curious how you maintain some of those relationships. Like even though there's a big time gap from maybe when, kind of everyone else is trying to apply to stuff and, and it's crunch time, but you take a step back to when you met them, how do you maintain or kind of think about keeping up those relationships all the way up until, okay, I'm ready to apply there? Yeah, I feel like that's definitely a big question that everyone has too. And it's a very daunting thing because you don't want to be forgotten, but you don't want to be annoying. So you want to have a yeah, happy yep. medium. <laughs> I think definitely having a really memorable conversation with the person, like if you look at their LinkedIn, you do your research on them before, you bring up something that connects connects you with them, you have a good conversation on that. Um, that goes a long way because it shows, wow, like they're really interested in talking to me. Like they know things that I've done. They know projects that I've been on. They know other things that I've done with my company. They know things that I did 
at my school like if you go to the same universities I'm like oh I was in the same club as you like that goes a long way too um but then after that like at the end of your phone call definitely asking if they can refer you to anyone else that they work with and then you can talk to them and then you can follow up after you talk to them and say well thank you so much again I just talked to your friend like and then have that be a conversation starter too um but yeah that is kind of it's hard to manage to know when am I pestering someone and when um when I'm not communicating with them but I think that's a good way just to continue to form those connections too because if you have multiple people that can advocate for you like that's when you're going to do very well in the application process totally yeah the network's important not only to keep you at a level but also to uh lift you up when it when you need it so it's great to to hear how you kind of manage those connections over the time and and to even see you and your other co-founders recognizing the importance of the, or sorry, I should say, recognizing the lack of opportunity to keep those connections sometimes. So it's, it's really cool to, to hear about. Yeah. What's our, what's our role? Like if we're going into finance too, how can we be part of helping that difference that society of women in finance is kind of for? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I'm not going to speak on behalf of all women, but I feel like <laughs> from my experience, um, definitely things that my like male counterparts have been helpful in doing is just making sure that they're talking to me in the same way and asking the same questions to me as they would anyone else, like not um, just turning to like a male um, colleague and asking them um, advice on something or feedback on anything, but making sure that women feel seen and supported and that they feel important in the workplaces is great because I feel like sometimes um, it's really easy to just like turn to the guy next to you and if you have a lot of co a lot of things in common with them and it's really easy to do that and I feel like everyone is guilty of just turning to those people that make us comfortable but I feel like at the same time if you turn to someone that you feel like could bring a new perspective that's when you're going to learn even more and that's when you're going to grow a lot more too so that's definitely something that i feel like that would be great to focus on in the workplace definitely like that i think that you brought up such a good point and obviously <laughs> there's so many different perspectives out there but one thing that i think can apply across the board is like not always turning to the person that makes you feel comfortable and uh, also valuing how much you can learn by turning to people or relationships that aren't as comfortable or normal to how you grew up or normal to you know just all the interactions you have during a day so i think that that's super cool and something that i'm going to start thinking about a lot more than I probably do right now. So very cool. Yeah. Um, there's an experience you had in New York. What was it like Forte fast track? Yeah. Was there, can you, well, since I'm pronouncing it wrong, let, let me know what it was called. And then no, I thought that right. it's Forte. Yeah. Okay. Forte, like college fast track mm -hmm. um, to finance. And uh, I thought that, that would be a cool 
thing that you might have some insights from because not everyone gets to go on trips like that or um, maybe understand kind of things that would put you on the fast track um, in the pursuit of your uh, career. So I wondered if you learned anything kind of insightful or you thought that would be valuable to share with kind of a larger audience. Yeah, yeah. So the Forte um, conference was held at Deutsche Bank in New York. So it was great to be able to go to their office and meet with um, people that worked there. And also it was a conference open to everyone in the U.S. So um, just meeting with different people um, that were interested in finance. So other girls my age from different universities, hearing about their perspectives, what their business school, what they're involved in, what they're doing. Um, and also, again, it's just a way for me to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, again, with the applications being so early, it definitely felt like I needed to get on top of things right away if I wanted to pursue it. And yeah, I feel like I learned a lot about what I liked and what I didn't like about finance because I went into different industries. They went into IB, private equity, I mean, investment banking, private equity, and venture capital. So um, those industries, um, kind of like what they do and also different sides of them. So you have like the leverage finance side or the other parts of finance. So yeah, so that was, that was great. And also at the end of it, they had a networking event with other companies. So like Vanguard was there. Um, Guggenheim was there I'm trying to think of other other companies that were there but yeah it was great and then they also had um someone come in from I'm trying to think of the program name it's like oh training the street I'm pretty sure that's what it was called and it was like a whole overview about um what investment bankers kind of do like day to day and it was that was very helpful also um, but more than anything, it was just another opportunity for me to network with people there and keep up with everything that's going on during that recruitment time. That's awesome. It sounds when like you, a really cool experience. When you were um, attending some of these different events and such and meeting um, all these different people and kind of seeing more, maybe getting a little bit more of a taste of what the financial and kind of investing world has to offer, do you think, did you ever reach point where you're like, well, maybe this isn't what I want to do. Or did you kind of going into it, you're always just kind of set like, hey, this is really fun. I like to do this. This is interests me. Or were you ever met with a time where maybe you were hear something and you're listening to a presentation, you're like, wow, this does not seem like something I want to do anymore. And could, could you expand on that if there was a time? Yeah, yeah. I think that meeting with a lot of people that work in an industry gives you a great picture and what that industry looks like and how your life would look like if you were to pursue a job in that industry and just hearing about kind of like the work-life balance that investment bankers um, do or do not have uh, was something that didn't really appeal to me. They just work a lot of hours and they can work very late at night and like always on call and everything like that. Um, like that was that was mostly the reason why I decided to do the consulting side of finance instead. Um, but also just going to different company presentations and seeing how 
tired people were at the presentations like it's hard to hide that kind of stuff too and um yeah exactly just that's kind of what um made me not want to focus on investment banking i feel like that's interesting because at least me and you hannah both of our families are kind of like in medicine and that's i mean i don't think that it's the same like, uh, let's say it probably was before I was born intensity as investment banking for like a little bit of time, but I saw similar long hours and, and kind of things that they experienced with just not being around as much as like my friend's parents. And, uh, thinking about that, I was like, oh yeah, maybe I'm hesitating, uh, on the medical side, like back when I was thinking about what I wanted to do. So definitely interesting how you can kind of pick up on some of those things. All you have to do is talk and meet with people in the industry to get that lens of kind of what a day in the life or a year in the life looks like. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I definitely think that in finance, like you have to pay your dues early and you get to work a lot of hours at a time during your first couple of years, but then later on, I don't think it's as bad from what I've heard for other people. Um, but yeah, I feel like at some point you have to put in a lot of work in a field. So I think that mm-hmm. instead of going to school for four years, then doing residency, like it, you just do it all at once. So yeah, yeah I'm definitely not going to be, yeah, I'm still going to be working a lot this summer. And um, if I return for um, like my M&A strategy consulting, but at least it'll be a short-lived experience. The, um, yeah, I just, I know that, there's probably some people out there listening and I'm, I've been there too. You're sitting in class, you're working and you're like, well, this does not just not as fun anymore. But as you were saying, it's similar to the residency that you would go after medical school. And we are project rookie. We're all rookies starting out. So it's just, it is part of the job. We have to pay our dues to get to those better places that we want to be and maybe have a little bit more free time. So do you maybe think that the um, kind of time commitment that you've heard of or even seeing some of the workload, do you maybe want to always be in a position where you're doing the work or do you kind of want to step back and be the one managing who's doing it and how it's getting done rather than physically working with the numbers or making that decision and then passing it along to someone else. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that definitely getting the necessary skills to be successful in consulting or any industry that I pursue is very important, and I'm not going to, um, like, bypass that at all. I, I definitely need to learn a lot of mm-hmm. um, different technical skills and learn a lot of experiences from my managers and higher-ups. But, yeah, I think that in the future, I would, I would definitely love to you know, be a manager of someone, um, like work up in my firm or even start my own thing too. Like I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like, but I'm excited to continue to think about that. And um, as I develop skills, how I can, how I can transfer them into different industries and different opportunities. Um, But yeah, that would be an amazing experience. I guess we'll just see um, where, where it goes. We'll be following and uh, rooting for you. But um, 
before we wrap up, what is kind of like your first year out of college? What do you see that job being for you right now? Like something in consulting, but is there, do you see it ESG consulting with PwC? If you had, if you got a pick today, what would it be? Yeah, if I had to pick today, um, I would definitely love to return to PwC um, full time. I'm not exactly sure if they would let me do ESG consulting right away or if I'd have to return to what I'm doing this summer. But either way, I I would love to return there full time. Um, I think it's an amazing company. They work with so many other businesses and um, they really do support their initiatives that they are committing to. And I appreciate that about a firm. Um, I definitely feel so supported there already. And I've only interned there one summer and they really do value their employees. So yeah, um, first year out of college, I hope it's there. And yeah, I guess we'll see where it takes us. So super yeah. cool stuff. I, I know a bunch of people uh, that started working at PwC or do work at PwC and they it is highly spoken of everybody. I mean, obviously in consulting, you have your long hours, but yes, um, yeah. they treat their people well. They do what they say they're going to do. It seems like a great place to be if you're in consulting, accounting, kind of that <laughs> world. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's definitely hard to to be asked, you know, where what do you want to do exactly when something <laughs> yeah, isn't that's... necessarily 100% in your control. But, I mean, I think it's good to recognize the importance of setting those little goals and kind of mapping out what you want to do and what you want your life to look like because – without that, then it's really just on the influence of the things going on around you. And it may not necessarily lead to the certain quality or happiness that you are striving for. So it is good to kind of be, hey, I want to do this in the next year, or I want to go and work for this company. It's not crazy talk, but it's kind of important at the same time, I feel. So thanks for yeah, yeah, dealing with us. And uh, letting us grill you on your yeah. resume. <laughs> we yeah, uh, seriously appreciate your time. And I think that people are going to find so much value in what you had to say. So thank you very much for uh, joining us. It's almost, what time is it? Midnight in London? Almost midnight. Almost yes. midnight in oh. London. So <laughs> Hannah is a trooper and uh, I think everyone's going to love this episode. So yes. thank you so much for being on Hannah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was great. All right. And that's the show. If you enjoyed it, it'd mean the world for you to leave a review and share it with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, definitely hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes. We'd love to hear from everyone. So definitely feel free to DM us on Instagram or X at Project X Rookie or leave a comment um, with your thoughts on one of our posts. Again, it'd be great for great to hear from you. And one last thing, would you like to be the next guest on Project Rookie? Thanks for listening, and as always, I hope we're helping you take control of what's next. Catch you next time. Later, everyone.